2: You're listening to City Limits on
0: 3CR if that wasn't obvious from the intro. How are you going? Probably was.
1: Okay, Corey, I'm good. Corey Green there, Kevin Healy, John McPherson in the studio today. That means it's the first Wednesday of the month. It is. And being the second, and you add 28, it means we've got five Wednesdays this month, so there's going to be two at the end for sort of special type programs.
0: Excellent.
1: But it is transport today. Now, here, John's just gone off with excitement there. John, actually, just before we go, we're going to talk transport, obviously, in the last half with John, but the first half, you went to Bendigo on um, Saturday, did you not? uh,
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I decided... um Instead of saying staying in Melbourne to face off with fascists and get punched in the face, I'd like to do it in the in the country. It's, it's yeah. just it's much more of a weekend sort of
1: yeah, sort of rustic bash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. More yeah.
0: traditional, I think. Yeah. Would you and like to hear the, the story? Record,
1: yeah, we'll get round to it shortly. We'll get, All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, because you, you've done a, you did a recording up there, did you? Not of some stuff. And uh, I did. Okay, so that's good. So we're going to actually cover that Bendigo rally which is excellent Corey is and, was um, this
3: the anti sorry the anti and pro building the mosque rally was that right
0: that's correct
3: ah. yes yes which has
0: divided the Bendigo community which is pretty sad um, in a time where as was pointed out it would be better if we were all working together to fix the uh, massive real problems that we face that have nothing to do with yeah, mosques. That's right.
3: I'm going to there pour there some is a tea. suggestion. The, um, just most while you the talking, John, I'll just pour some tea, John. Most talk. of the activists actually came in from outside. Is that right? The... A
0: lot of them did. There was a lot of people from Bennego as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, sorry, when I say activists, I mean the people who who pushed the, pushed the issue that the mosque was a bad thing.
0: Yeah, but there were people from outside on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, um Ronnie made the suggestion a very this morning. Kev. Very
3: attractive mark. Sorry, uh-huh. correct.
0: Ronnie made the suggestion this morning, Kev, that we should talk about the Border Force Act rally, which I also went to.
1: Yes, all right. Good can, on can you. Be, before we go to that, though, can I give John and you some really good news? All right. Now this is this I'm serious. This is this is this is good news because they have found that one tonne of fermented wine grape leftovers could produce up to 400 litres of ethanol suitable for fertiliser and animal feed. So it's now. Capable of being used as a renewable source of energy. So I think every night we can pick up the glass, John, and go <coughs> to the environment as we. Don't, isn't that wonderful? And, Cheers to the environment. And, right, by the, yeah? and by the last glass, we're going to the environment. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I oh, love you, the environment. I've always loved you. There you are. So that's right, it. okay. Well, that's can, the good news of the day. I can, I can, I can drink with um, with no guilty conscience. Oh, that's al- great. Alacrity, John. Alacrity. That's great. What about what about the burps and the farts? Uh, well, uh, that's yeah, a, that's methane. Yeah. That's That's a terrible. That's, uh, uh, that's why you're drinking alone at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin okay, well, takes one to no one. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, Corey. The uh, yeah, the Friday night one.
0: All right. Oh, you want to start with the Friday night one? Well,
3: yeah. You
1: said we might as well talk about it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, obviously, this is uh, one of the shortest campaigns I've ever been a part of. <laughs> Friday morning, they announce, you know, this new border force. People have they spent all that money with with. The uniforms with the stationery, they're looking cool.
3: Didn't the uniforms look like Ruritania, though? I, mean, <laughs> I was have, surprised. They couldn't have had much more gold braid on.
0: I was surprised but that they they, um, it. they didn't decide to make the um, shirts brown. But anyway.
3: <laughs> anyway. they. no. no.
0: <laughs> so, so they're all ready and they're shining new shoes and they're like, well, what are we going to do with these people? And so they're like, all right, let's harass random people on Melbourne Street with no warning Um, about their immigration papers. So come Friday, uh, 2 p.m., they're getting ready to start and they're going to have a a big media release. And instead we had this, um, uh, you know, a snap action and uh, probably like 150 people were there, something like that. Um, And, yeah, we shut down the media release, which was good. Um, We managed to get the, the Border Force people in their... Shiny new uniforms to be kind of stuck in Flinders Street in that little, that little police box. They were a bit scared of us. Um,
3: That's right. They crept, they crept out later in plain clothes. They said. <laughs> awesome.
1: You know, John often says to me, "Kerry look, uh, Corey looks pretty scary." So yeah, you, know, you are. So you. I'm very fierce. That, so. Oh yeah, very yeah. scary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So we start the demo at two p.m., which is when the which is when the media release is supposed to start. And the whole thing's over by three p.m. They've like. They've announced that they're just not going to do the policy anymore. So, awesome. And I also thought, um, I noticed there were a lot of people in banners from the um, Anti-Reclaim Australia rally. So I thought that all that organising that we've been doing around then was like, you know, sort of paid off. We were, we were ready. Mm. We were ready to oppose racism where mm. it reared its ugly, ugly head. But
1: I imagine they, they, if they had got done any work that day, they would have targeted obvious white Anglo-Saxon-looking people, wouldn't they?
0: Well, you would think that given that UK visa holiday overstayers are the largest um, group of illegals, in Australia, you would yeah. think that it, it's it's um, it would only be logical. So for you, you go
3: for very white people or people with very bad sunburn because they're, <laughs> the white skin. I presume it, I'm going.
1: I wouldn't. I didn't go because I couldn't find my visa. But I mean, if, <laughs> I, I imagine that if you went out, I, presume, I hope you took your visa with you just in case, did you?
0: Well, obviously, not. every day <laughs> I pack my Australian birth certificate in my oh, bag. Just, yes, yes, yes. Just in case, Tony. Oh, you
3: rebel. I thought you'd. Have, I thought you'd have left, left it all at home and said, "I stand here naked and." <laughs>
0: No, I don't I don't think they were targeting white people this time. I don't oh. know no. why. Oh. No. I I d I don't know. But it, it, just it, a thought. The
1: interesting thing I think is that they keep using these um these military titles, the defence mm. force and the Operation the, Fortitude. Uh, Operation border protection and all that sort of stuff. No, yeah. fortitude. fortitude. Border, well whatever border it's called. It's border force, force or something. Force. Yeah, whatever. Oh, the border force That's act. the border force mob, but the on right up north it's called Operation. Sport or something, isn't it? It's got a tight military, but operation means military anyway, I guess. Mm. Um, but it's that, yeah, that just that that they, you know, they have that. But I want to tell you. Well, they've got, we, 6, 000, <laughs> they've got six thousand.
3: They've got six thousand people. i have got to find something to do, do with.
0: Yeah. So do, yeah.
1: I
3: think do,
0: you know. Shall we listen also at yeah. some point to the interview? We'll
1: We'll go now. But before yeah. we go there, I want you to hear this because I think. I didn't. I supported what you did until I read Leah Nicholson of Kingsbury's article in the Herald Sun. Uh, Uh, Not article, a a letter. mm -hmm. And I think, and I hope during this, while we're playing this, you rethink your position here, Corey, because she says, shame on the protesters in the Bendigo fiasco. Streets of fear, Herald Sun, August thirty. well, streets of fear, there you are, you see the Herald Sun (laughs) sorted it out, who were living off the goodness of Australian people. In the best country in the world, and who burned the Australian flag because they did not convince the local population of their big, of their big demand. I mean, do you feel now? How do you feel now after that?
0: What was that big demand? Don't be racist.
1: Uh, I think. Oh, big, that is a pretty big, big demand the, in the Australia. The big demand was to allow a mosque, I think, to uh, be in Bendigo. Mm.
0: All right, Border Force Act. Let's have a listen to that little interview, and then we can go on to Bendigo. All right. Sound good?
1: Yep. <laughs>
2: Hi, I'm Corey from 3CR. What was your name? Zook. And what brings you here? I'm uh, mm-hmm. uh, protesting against the Department of Immigration and Border Protection, which is now called the Border Force, which is a quasi military organisation under this quasi fascist government that we now have. They said this morning that they were going to join up with uh, Victoria Police and uh, Transit Police to check visas of people on the street in Melbourne. Now they're saying they were not going to do that, but we know what they said this morning. And as soon as everyone heard that, the social media started to buzz and people got out on the street to protest. And what's been the result of that... The result is they have cancelled their wonderful project fortitude. Was anybody warned this morning that they had to bring their immigration papers? Well, of course not. (laughs) Is it against the law in Australia to walk around without your immigration papers? Absolutely not. It is not against the law. And in fact, the Department of Immigration does not have the right to... Randomly checked people's visas in Australia.
0: Do you think this sort of action is encouraging the Reclaim Australia protesters? Oh,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Those uh, stupid Nazis think that uh, the government is on their side and it's pretty hard to disagree with them on that one particular point. What do you think it'll take
0: to um, stop Australia's horrendous increasing racism?
2: More public uh, mass actions like the one today. Uh, We need a lot more people out on the street. People get off their bums, put their beer down and get out in the street and keep Australia a democracy where people enjoy real freedom and equality. Thank you very much. You're welcome.
4: Mm. So...
0: You're listening to City Limits on 3CR 855am and that was about the Border Force Act, Um, Operation Fortitude, that happened on Friday and then on Saturday I um, I went into Bendigo and I have prepared a report. Terrific. Last Saturday, the openly racist United Patriots Front organised a rally against a mosque that is planned in Bendigo. A couple of different groups organised to oppose the fascists. There was a group from Bendigo who were made up of church groups, the Muslim community, Labour and Greens representatives, artists and residents. They organised a community halal barbecue that wasn't in direct confrontation with the fascists. Then confronting the fascists was No Room for Racism, who are a Socialist Party mob, Campaign Against Racism and Fascism, an Anarchist, anti-far Black bloc. Initially the racists planned to picket the planned site for the mosque, but when they heard we were coming, they changed their rally to the middle of the town. We, of course, went there to meet them. 3CR's own Kepper described the scene.
5: There's uh, a lot of right-wing people here, but we're, we're, we're here and more than a match for them, I reckon. Um, the only thing stopping protecting them is, of course, the, the police, fascists in uniform.
0: I'm Corey from 3CR Community Radio. What's your name? Sengon. Can you describe what's happening here?
4: Oh, yeah, like some people are protesting for not building a mosque and we are protesting for that and I'm actually a Muslim, yeah. And I'm so, like, actually proud and happy to see some Christian friends, you know, standing up for Muslim community, like, this is like a modern life. Everyone has his freedom, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you are Christian and Muslim, I respect your religion, you respect my religion. It doesn't mean you have to do what I want or I have to do what you want, you know, like, we just do what we want, we believe in, you know, like, we respect our each other beliefs and everything, yeah. Yeah.
0: Has this affected your um, relationship with people that you live around?
4: <coughs> oh, I have friends on Facebook, they put a lot of things about Muslim, but I don't comment back, I just ignore it. I have good friends, and there are some of them, I work with them. Yeah, yeah we work in the same room, and he's like, oh, I'm going to come. Protest not to be, not build the mosque. I was like, Oh, you are going? He's like, Yeah, I'm, like, oh, I'm going so we can build the mosque. Yeah. yeah, but we are friends, so yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just our core. <laughs> yeah. He's, he might be there and I'm here, so yeah.
0: Of the two mobs who met in the middle of town, the racist had about 250 and the anti racist, 200. I didn't check out how many people attended the halal barbecue. There are also lots of police. About 100 cordoned us off into a small area. More cordoned off the racists. A line of police and a line of police horses stood between us. Unlike last rally, the line of police were facing the racists. All right, what's your name?
5: Kane O'Donnell.
0: And what mob are you from? Barkindji. And you're local here?
5: Yeah, I'm local. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just terrible how all this stuff is happening around you know, Bendigo. And, uh, yeah, it should just stop yeah, and just, yeah, just carry on, you know.
0: In your experience, does Bendigo have a problem with racism?
5: Yeah, I, I, I can't, you know, I can't accept racism, you know. I'm, I mean, it's been going on for way too long and I just, I'm thinking, you know, it should just stop and just, you know, accept people for, you know, who they are. And bloody, you know, we don't want any, you know, racist sort of people coming into this area, you know. Yeah, it should all just stop. Yeah, we're all the same, and you know, you know, being a human being, you know, you just accept, you know, and that should just stop it, you know, not making a big, big deal about it, you know, and uh, yeah, uh, just just horrible thing that's happening, yeah. That's all I to say. Thanks, mate. No worries.
0: Both sides had speeches, and both sides tried to drown out the other's speeches with chanting. From our side, it sounded a bit like this. Follow your leader, like Adolf Hitler. Behind us, there was about seventy-five townspeople who were there for the spectacle. Hi, I'm Corey from 3CR Community Radio. What's your name? Uh, Matilda. And what brings you here today? Um, just have a look at what was
2: going on, really, to get yeah. I don't know. We we're just sort of on the side of the no room for racism, and it's just getting amongst it and seeing what's happening. Hopefully, it's a peaceful protest. Are you guys locals? Uh, I am. Natilda's um, yeah. from Melbourne. Ah, cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a bit sad when there's people coming up from Melbourne just to join in on the, the fight or the um, argument when really it should just be amongst the Bendigo people.
0: I guess both sides are very passionate.
2: <laughs> yeah, they are. By the look of it, they are.
0: <laughs> what did you think when you heard that the mosque was um, going to be protested?
2: I thought it was strange. I mean, I don't see why there's an issue having a building where people... It's a building for people to worship their beliefs and I don't see why that's a problem in this current day and age.
0: Most of these people didn't want to talk, okay, but those who did said the town was divided on the question. Hi, I'm Corey from 3CR Community Radio. What's your name? Uh, Tash.
6: Um, what brings you here today? Um, I just felt really passionate about this cause. I don't usually attend rallies, but this is something that's been working its way around Bendigo for a long time and I want to support the Muslim community. Um, I want to support kindness, really. So that's why I've come down. And how did you feel when you um, heard that there was going to be a protest against the mosque? Um, it saddened me, and a lot of people that I have to work with, and um, school mothers at my community, like, are on the other side of that police there. The, that's Bendigo right now. So would you say that's sort of divided the community? Um, it has. I think during our working days and our, our school days and stuff, we sort of get on with the job. But it has divided the community. It's divided families, somewhat too. Can you tell me about it? Um, well, obviously, you know, some of the young people have different views to their parents. You can see a lot of young people in our crowd on this side, which is great. So some of the families have been affected too. But yeah, I mean the mosque is going ahead, so it's great.
0: I noticed on the way into town that there's both an Anglican and a Catholic church. If those two
6: religions could live together, do you think that the mosque can also fit in here? You would think so. We also have the Atisha Centre out of town too, which is huge, you know, the Buddhism. So you think we could all be here peacefully, absolutely.
0: Mark Tyler from Earthworker gave this considered
7: speech. Uh, g'day everyone. I just want to also just take a moment to thank everyone for being here and just to acknowledge that it takes courage to come to these things. So give... Everyone around you, and yourselves a round of applause for even turning up today. Good on ya! And we're fucking sick of these pricks who try and divide people in these times when we need to be coming together. We need to be unifying. We've got real problems. We've got real economic problems. We've got real ecological problems which we need to unite around to be able to solve them. We can't afford to be divided. It's not the time. And the question is, who benefits from people like this? Who benefits? It's the people like Abbott, it's the people who have to not let people address the real issues, all right? They're just surrogates. They're just surrogates for them. They're proxies. They're being used. They're poor, wounded people who are being used, all right? So, we need to just keep at them, keep being in their face, but also remember that there is real issues that we need to be unifying around too. Around climate, around the economic problems, and there's people working on that now. So, round of applause again for all of you to come today, and keep it up! Stay strong!
0: Despite John Farnham describing the anti Muslim protesters using his songs as disgusting, the racists pumped up You're the Voice. As this song rightfully belongs to the anti racists, we decided to reclaim it with a sing along. (laughs) Then we crank Cold Chisel, another band that has come out against racists using their songs. When we started cranking Twisted Sister, the cops tried to confiscate our sound system. But we said...
7: We're not gonna take it! No, we're not gonna take it! We're not gonna take it anymore!
0: Towards the end, one of the members of the Black Bloc climbed up a light pole and burned an Australian flag where the racists could see. This turned the bigots into a seething, raging mass of punching. I don't think this was particularly tactical, as there were more of them than us, and most of them were bigger than us. It ended up with an awkward situation where we had to rely on the police to protect us. And you can't always rely on the police to do that. Not everyone shared the antiphiles' enthusiasm for being punched in the face, but of course once they start, we have to band together and protect each other. A few racists broke through the police line, and fights broke out. Most of the racists were subdued with pepper spray, and I even saw a few cops take a punch protecting us. I hate to say this, but I was actually grateful that they were there. There are other reasons why I don't think the whole thing was tactical. For one thing, the racists were doing a pretty good job of making themselves look bad with what they had to say. With the mainstream media, the government, colonialism, and the wars in the Middle East, whipping a crowd into a racist frenzy shouldn't be that hard in Australia. Somehow these guys were still stuffing it up, and the townspeople weren't responding. I feel all we really needed to do was to be there to present an alternative point of view to those who weren't really clear on the questions.
2: Yeah, look, I'm I'm neither or the other, but... I don't like racism, but I don't think this is about racism. What do you think it's about? I think it's just a gathering for people to voice their opinion, which we live in a democracy and that's
0: it, so we should. I noticed on the way into town that there was both an Anglican and a Catholic church. Do you think that this sort of problem has happened before? It shouldn't be about religion.
2: It shouldn't be about religion, for goodness' sake. We shouldn't. Isn't be it about a mosque Well, I, I've lived overseas. I've lived in Iran. I've lived in Syria. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Don't know. Don't know what to say because I think we should all be living in harmony. Good evening. Thank you. All right. Thank you.
0: You're listening to Three CR. 8.55am, and that was uh, John Farnham with the voice, <laughs> makes me want to rush out and get a curly mullet.
1: Yes, and Corey, well done on that, but um, perhaps one thing we should clarify, you um, the bit about the burning of the plague, now I know you have no objection to burning the Australian plague. I've, I've done
0: it myself a few so times. You're,
1: you're simply saying in that situation you thought it was the wrong time.
0: Yes, yes. I um, I have an objection to being punched in the face without a good reason.
1: Mm. Yes, yes. We, what's a good reason? Never mind. Um, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the. But seriously, well done. It was a good. That was a great coverage. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Excellent. John's asleep. No, he's awake. It's good. Really, Kevin. What a terrible. a terrible insinuation. <laughs> transport. John and um, transport. Yes. I've got Things tied up here madly. I'll sort them out in a second. Yeah, but he looks, anyway, he's, he's a bit yeah, strangled I'm by strangling. his own <laughs> <laughs> strangled John, by his own headphones. John, there. Yeah. Oh, well, I sort this out, um, John. The, the studio, uh, the
3: studio when we came I in this morning appeared foot. to that be. Won't
1: come out. It's doing yeah. it. I've just worked out what happened. Yeah. Anyway, John, um,
3: the studio was like a. Like the remains of some overnight party when we came in here. Well,
1: oh, mm. goodness it was. gracious! It was. Yes, yes. Wires anyway. and things
3: everywhere. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, transport, John anyway.
1: B. I've got a few things I want to raise. But you know, the yeah. thing I wanted to raise. Oh he, well,
3: I don't know. Um, Mikey seems to have been taking a bit more of a battering this week. Yeah, well, surprisingly. Or still, <laughs> still the ongoing, yeah. the ongoing. I don't know. It it seems to be one of those things that's just very slowly, slowly collapsing in a heap you know, is more mm. and more aspects of it are revealed to be not not exactly what you would call um, functioning well. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're like me you don't even want to look at your marquee account to see to see how many inaccuracies there might be there because you think, oh dear, if I had if I tried to sort of sort this out, how much time would I take mm. dealing with the bureaucracy to do it? Mm. And I think they're relying on all those sort of things to keep the to keep the wretched system afloat, and there's been this
1: uh, scandal announced in the last or come out in the last week or so, mm. where people have been getting into the into it, in fact, stacking up, and mm. people have been rotting the system and mm. making money. But then, mm. and this raises an interesting question, John. Um, I noticed that they said that the public the the public purse had repaid people who'd mm. been who'd been knocked knocked off by mm. these. Uh, these scammers mm, mm. Um, Yet yet, Mikey they, There's a contract for, for a private company To run Mikey That's Yet, right. yet the, when, when something goes wrong The public purse pays for it Now similarly recently I saw <laughs> A public transport strike so yeah. one of the one of the commentators said we don't want the drive if the, you know, the drivers and tram people should get a fair amount of money but they mm. they don't want to if they get too much it will take away from the investment in the infrastructure mm. by government mm. so again mm. it seems the government mm. is paying for everything that mm. needs to be paid for yeah where private companies are running it they simply take the money do they John
3: well it seems it seems like it, the contracts are written in such a way that the um, that the private contractors you know, get all the benefits, and the um, whenever there's a um, uh, a financial issue problem arises, the government picks up that bill too. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look as if the private contractors are under any any real financial pressure to perform well and efficient, efficiently, because they know that if there's a if a financial problem comes up, they will be reimbursed from the government, apparently, mm-hmm. or the government will pick up the bill. Yeah. That's how it seems to. Seems to actually function.
0: I thought ostensibly the idea of privatisation was that it was going to, mm. you know, get the free market to right. whip it into the most competitive right. shape. Correct. Which has never ever actually worked. No, but no, it um, doesn't seem to
3: happen. does all the
0: time. worry, is,
1: worry it, is this might be the most competitive shape. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, if it is, we're, we're in a sad, sad place. We yeah. are indeed.
0: I just don't know how many times we have to keep doing the same policy and mm. pretending like we're going. We think it's going to. Turn out differently,
3: yeah. Well, well, a good point. I mean, we've got we're in this in this neoliberal sort of um, the market is always the best, always right, and the best thing, best way to run everything is Mm. the market. But really, these aren't really being run as markets. Anyhow, Um, the only market is when the um, uh, operators bid for the contracts to run these things, and then they get to say a five-year or ten-year contract, and, Mm. and then they're they can do whatever they like really. And the government has to keep picking up the bill because the government the government is more concerned with the with the system keeping on functioning because they otherwise they get they get retribution from the um from the um, voters. Mm. So and it's the just a necessary
0: public transport. Um, public service.
3: Yeah. Well that's right. Well the government really never gets off the hook because because people are still going to turn to the government and say, Hey guys, you've got to fix it. So, what benefit the government really gets from this um, from this sort of um, setup, where where you've got private operators, I'm not sure. I can tell you what benefit the bureaucrats get. The bureaucrats in the government get the benefit of another layer of people between them and and the real problem, and they can turn around and say to the government, "Well, they they're supposed to be making those private people over there are supposed to be making it work. You can't blame us if it doesn't work." So they quite like the idea. Mm of having this that's extra right. layer. They don't and, care.
1: And the private people in turn blame the government if right. so it. That's right. It works out very well for everybody, yeah, really. except but, the but user. Yeah. <laughs> right. when, um, when Metro took over from Connex sure. two or three or four years ago, yeah, it was, whatever it was, um, was, you said on one of these programs mm, mm. that the company, the Metro company, the parent company, ran the system in Hong mm, Kong. I do. And they run it very efficiently. So why can't they run it efficiently here? <laughs> Can you explain it?
3: Well i th- my my uh, cynical view is that they might have arrived with ideas to run it efficiently, but they discovered a that the infrastructure they had to deal with was pretty um, uh, um, pretty destitute, and they also discovered that the um, expectations on them from the government and bureaucrats weren't very high. And so they just then they just proceeded to adjust and to the local conditions go along for the ride, so to speak yeah, no, pun yeah. no, no
1: pun necessarily intended. no 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 pun
3: no. necessarily intention mm. uh, that, that that's sort of that's if you're a rent seeking you know um, operator, that's what you'd do because that way you can you can operate the thing more cheaply if, if you don't try and meet the highest standards. Uh, and, you know, and you've got good arguments to say you can't meet the highest standards because the infrastructure keeps breaking down every morning, you know, which it certainly seems to do. Uh, and uh, nobody ever seems to uh, really get round to saying, well, okay, we've got to start spending big money and we've got to keep spending big money for a long time to fix this mess. Mm. Right, they'd rather go, go, go in for a frolic like an $11 billion rail tunnel uh, which will be a brand spanking, glittering bit of new infrastructure that e- at either end will be plugged into the stuff that hasn't been upgraded since before World War II, You know, <laughs> it'll be Man. you know, and that's just that's just um, that's just silly. And in terms of also passing the blame onto
1: you know, we mentioned we mentioned <laughs> this program a couple yeah. of weeks ago that uh, with the. Pending with the strike last week and the pending strike, yeah, and a couple yeah. were called off in yeah, the hope that yeah. it might have sorted itself yeah, out. Yeah. But all the blame is being laid on the union all the way, the mm. media in particular. The government oh, is yeah. like the government's attacking the union as being irresponsible, mm. um, and yet there were two sides to this. It's, it, mm. the, you know, the union even called off a couple of strikes mm. saying, we'll mm. go back to negotiations, but clearly the, mm. the mm. private companies aren't budging. Oh, that's what, how it seems. Um, and it, the Herald, in fact, the Herald Sun. If you, we always love the Herald Sun. But a couple of days ago, it yeah. said the unions wanted an eighteen percent per year r- wage increase. Well, it's actually over five years. Is mm. it or four or five? Four, or four. I
3: think. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, um, but then the next day, they sort of just mentioned it's eighteen percent, mm. but they never they never corrected themselves. Oh no, you don't the day do that.
3: Before, it's bl- not, uh, the Murdoch press never never corrects no, itself. No no. no, no, no.
0: Would you say that they're um, inefficient with the facts? Um, due to them being a private company?
3: Um, well, no, I, I think they're very efficient with the facts.
1: That, mm-hmm. that the case, the comment point is... point of view. The, the,
3: cra- the crack is usually made that they're economical with the facts. Ah, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. yes. <laughs> That's so, the yeah, way these things yeah. go, yes. Well, look, um, I I don't think, for instance, the unions at the moment have... The, have, uh, the train drivers have the um, agreement at the moment that they only uh, have to run one return trip on a particular line during their uh, shift and then the, the next part of their shift, they'll be moved to another rail line and run, run another rail line. Um, and this has, been, this has been part of their agreement for, for quite a long time now. Uh, the argument being that they get bored if they have to run one, more than one return trip on one line in, in a shift. If you see what I mean, yeah. but in fact, it is much more efficient if you can keep the driver running on one line for the whole of their shift. Well, any sort you of fordist
0: those... mode of production is efficient.
3: Yeah, but but I don't. Since since you're you're unlikely to run more than two plus two and a half, maybe three on the short line trips in your shift. Um, I don't I don't think it's unreasonable, that people. Do, sure. do run do run on the same line uh, for the for their shift i i think i think because because every time you try moving a driver from one line to another line all the all the business of of um, what happens is that if that train is running late on one line the driver is then late to move to, to another line when it gets to the transfer point mm. and therefore the, the the train on the second line then is likely to be late i i find i find that 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 thing a bit un- unusual, and I don't think there's anywhere else that I'm aware of in the world where, where drivers don't stick to the same line for the for the length of their shift. Uh, I find that one a bit a bit unusual, I must say, and f- and and the uh, metro would like to would like to change that, mm. but um, but the unions are 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 resisting, of course, quite hard on that one. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, there 's also the business of where the, where the drivers actually do the transfer. Uh, a lot of the transfers were done at Flinders Street station which um, which is difficult and the and metro is moving moving the transfer points further out out into the system and apparently that 's also causing the unions the an, an annoyance as well, yeah. well the drivers about- I think the drivers are pretty well remunerated, and if the drivers are as well remunerated as they are. I think, I think they should be able to tolerate a few of these um, changes. Mm. But there, there you go, folks. There's my, yeah. there's my radical. We have
1: um, talked about it. We 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 tried to tee it up, but had trouble. we we'll yeah. keep trying. We have talked about getting a driver into debate yeah. this with yeah. with you and uh, yeah. sort it out. But anyway, we'll do that at yeah. some point.
3: Yeah. 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 We, 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 well, it would be interesting. I mean, I may may well be shown to be completely unrealistic. But yeah. Um,
0: I feel, given the weakness of the union movement in Australia generally Mm. and of the, you know, RTBU and some of the other conditions they have to put up with, if they're putting their foot down about this, then there must be a really good reason, a reason that, you know, we don't understand because we're not train drivers.
3: Well, they could articulate it, but they don't. They don't come out in public and explain. They don't really come out in public and explain their side very often.
1: Um. Although with the way that the media covers these things, it's pretty hard for their side to get across as well. They oh, tend to, yeah, the, They tend to quote government and the employer. Yeah,
3: possibly yeah, the yeah. Uh, yeah possibly possibly though the age would listen to a, yeah you know, quite a, possibly, a, yeah. a driver yeah. if you yeah. if one was served yeah. up, you know. Yeah, but, um, that's right. I don't know. If it hap- doesn't well, seem to. Well, the happen. driver we have
1: to tee up has to remain anonymous. That's the problem. Mm. And we're sort of trying to sort that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's
3: unreasonable too. I don't yeah. see why that you know the driver should have should have to be anonymous, but. Mm. But it would appear that they do in the, in the industrial situation they're in, yeah, yeah. yeah. which is, I'm, I'm certainly not arguing that the industrial situation is um, a good one.
0: Mm. Can well, you give us a bit of a rundown on the latest industrial dispute?
3: Well, from what we know, and we don't know a lot really, um, uh, the union has made a, a claim. Um, they say, uh, uh, you know, um, an unre- a, a quite reasonable claim. I don't know what basis they – don't really know what basis their claim is made on. Mm. If it's – I mean, inflation – if it's made on inflation, it seems to be quite a lot more than inflation. Mm. Most, most other workers in Australia certainly aren't getting any rises in their pay more than inflation uh, uh, at the moment. Uh, but that, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean the, the train drivers shouldn't get more. Mm. But that's, that's the way things go at the moment. Mm.
0: Um, I mean, it sounds like you're coming at that from a neoliberal perspective where, you know, workers need to well, shut up and well, accept...
3: Well, no, it. I'm not saying they need to shut up, but I'm just saying that that's the way things are mm. in Australia at the moment. Mm. And I don't know what basis they're using to argue that they should get a lot more. Mm. And I mean, what... You know, the way the system goes in Australia at the moment... The, you have to be able to show that you know there is a, a, usually a benefit in terms of productivity or something if you want if you want pay rates to rise more than inflation. Mm. You've got to be able to show productivity gains. But and, and I don't know what they would be offering.
0: Maybe instead of that, they're arguing that they they need the money. You know. Um. Well,
3: they make between ninety and a hundred thousand dollars a year.
0: Mm. Well, maybe um, I was thinking perhaps the high cost of housing might be an issue. Yeah. Um, if you, you know, work all your adult life, you want to be able yeah. to afford a house. Yeah. That, yeah. that could be... Yeah,
3: yeah. but that... I mean, I mean, housing is a basic th- that, human, that, right? I mean, <laughs> that is still a good, a good wage. Yeah, it is a good wage. By, by most Australian standards. But so, I
0: think it's up to people on the left to dream big. You know,
1: yeah. and productivity increases are a boss's thing where your workers have to keep giving things up every time they get a pay rise. that, yeah, must, yeah. that must get exhausted oh, yeah. oh, at Oh yeah, sure. I
3: mean, I'm just, putting, the way
1: it is. Yeah, but, also, but, but the, other,
3: oh, all right. Well, the other, the other part of the argument is okay. These guys and girls have got some, have, have got some women. industrial leverage because they are a fairly small group of, of, of particularly well trained people of a certain sort. Mm. Who can say? Well, if we don't drive your trains, you can't. You, your trains won't go. I mean, yeah. do you so think that so they have they have political they have industrial leverage like that? And I'm just wondering whether is that all they're using, or are they, or, or is it a more is it a more measured thing in terms of as you said the neoliberal system we're in?
0: Mm. I mean, do you think that you know um, doctors should take a a pay cut or lawyers? Why? Why are you I'm not ask...
3: asking anybody to take a pay cut. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even saying they shouldn't get a pay but rise, but also the, the conditions. I'm just I'm just, just saying, um, I'm, I'm just saying that, that, that the way things are in Australia at the moment, that's you know that's the way things operate. Mm. But if they're just offer, if they're just saying randomly we want eighteen percent, well, why didn't they just say twenty five?
1: But they must have – I mean, we don't know, but there must be a reason why they've struck that figure. Do you think? But, well, I, I'm well, not sure may, w- They may well be, I mean, we don't, must, we don't, must, get, we don't get inducted be, into the – I mean, the, why, a, the, why, why a, does the boss say 15% over three years rather than theirs? Mm, I mean, there's sure, – there sure. di- But yeah. also, one, the main sticking point seems to be, in, uh, in a lot of places, the conditions involved. Mm-hmm. And I know the Trammies last week were saying that they want to bring in a new ship situation mm-hmm. – which really affects the workers much more badly. Right, right. Um, yeah. So that's one yeah. of the sticking points yeah. there. So they're, they're also trying to bring in new mm. conditions around shifts and things, mm. which will which make the workers worse off as the mm. workers see mm. it. So that's, mm. that's a key point. Well, part okay.
3: Well, that's, that's, the other, that's the other side of it. Um, um, and that's fine. I mean, sure. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I certainly, no way would ex- expect the workers to go backwards. But but (laughs) even if the trains do... uh, I mean, you know... Speaking of... You do... I mean, you know, there is also the issue of of how... You know, now I'm getting into really delicate territories, how how efficiently the drivers actually drive the trains. Um, Well, I don't know. (laughs) No. (laughs) They seem to get to your point out. Well, well, mostly, mostly. There are occasions (laughs) when it might appear that... that, um, that that the trains are not being driven well. It's the same with the trams. I mean, we've all had tram rides, where it seemed to us as the as the passengers that that the, the tram driver knew what they were doing in some occasions, and sometimes they seem like they don't. And that mm-hmm. and that affects that it does affect the way the tram system operates. The,
1: the, the, yeah, yeah. On, the, on the tram, it's often due to cars getting in. The oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, I mean, not, I mean I'm stuff.
3: not. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, I'm taking all that into into um, into. Um, yeah. Consideration. Uh, uh, just speaking of going backwards, John, mm. um, a, a
1: listener, I want to thank a listener, but this, sent right. me this lovely brochure that the the Public Transport Victoria has put out right. telling her how to travel between Geelong and Werribee lines, Seeing you used to be able to do it because <laughs> the train went through the station. Indeed. But now they're telling you all these buses you can catch to get across, <laughs> etc. I think it's quite amazing, isn't it? Well, they were forced to put out all this stuff for people. Uh, we recommend you take the route, etc., um, to get from William's Landing Hoppers Crossing Werribee across to now where you used to get the train because it went through your station.
3: Yeah, good, isn't and it? It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the um, that's the result of the RRL Regional Rail Link taking all the trains between Melbourne and and Geelong around the back of Werribee, and so they no longer go through Werribee. Werribee being the largest the largest intermediate um, um, point on the route. Uh, it's a very unusual train line that gets diverted to avoid, to avoid that. But that's what's happened in, um, in Melbourne, Victoria. And now if you want to travel between Geelong and Werribee or Werribee and Geelong, you have to first take a bus out to um Wyndham Vale Station, which is on the new line. And uh, that, so you're, you're adding possibly 20 minutes but up to half an hour to your trip between Werribee and Geelong because mm. of all the mucking around. Well, clearly, yes. Yeah. That's, that's now now required.
1: And for a lot of people, they recommend, we'll want to get the train back to Footscray and then get the, pick it up there, so you go backwards uh, before you go forwards. So well, then. that's going to that's probably
3: add three-quarters of an out here trip.
1: They say travel, customers travelling between Newport, Altona and Geelong can catch a metro train to Footscray station and then change yeah, to a B V-line, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but you can get these buses across to either Tarnit or Wyndham yeah, Vale. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
3: there we go, folks. this that's, this brilliant new piece of rail infrastructure's gone in and, and that's that's one of the results. Okay. By the way, the Ge- trains on the Geelong line don't seem to be operating any better since the RRL line went in. Went in. They're just as light. and they're certainly no faster on the new line mm. and apparently the, 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 the timetable's not operating any better than it did previously. Well, <laughs> so, on
0: that note, we're just going to take a break. This is um, Beltane's Fire with Make the Road. You're listening to City Limits on 3CR 855 AM. Music.
3: Right, it was Rhodes you wanted to discuss next, Kevin. Rhodes, yes, which is why we just
0: Rhodes. listened to a song called "Make the Road." I was going to Beltane's suggest that was Fire. us
1: playing them, but apparently it wasn't. Um, John, two things with Rhodes. I mm-hmm. want to come back to the the massive money that Transurban's making. But yes. firstly, the government has resurrected again the possibility of widening Punt Road. Yeah. And they suggest that if they widen it, it can go from 51 to 70-something thousand a day. Yeah, in a it's fascinating, years. Yeah. I mean, at that point, they'll need to widen it again. That's so right. um, so well, that's, where do we... I mean, well, that's, that's, there must be well, other solutions of putting more road space. Well, that's
3: where all, yeah. they, all their projects, particularly in, in the city, come unstuck. Yeah. The, Why don't
0: the, we just get rid of all infrastructure that isn't roads?
3: Just, just, uh, have, just road. have roads. Mm. Just yeah, well, well. cement the And while well, we all live in a caravan. In the- <laughs> including Well, including homes. They've got to get rid of the homes. Yeah, oh, right? definitely yeah. the yeah. homes. Yeah. Yeah, so it all, we'd all they're sort of have a little, a little sort of caravan. You could leave thing, the garage but you but put your but a car. Would, but, well, perhaps you'd have these self-driving cars. We'd all have mm. one of those and we have a, a caravan on the back and we'd just, just move yeah. endlessly around the road system.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm.
3: And we could all go to sleep to the sway of our caravan <laughs> It's great because you could sleep with your water It's terrific but You shouldn't
1: be able to stop that, Kevin Oh, that's right, you can't stop, can you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well anyway, that's it But anyway, Punt Road, I mean, it's just it's nonsense
3: isn't it's it? It's a nonsense, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright yeah. you, 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 you you live within your means, okay. particularly in the city You've just got to make do And there's somebody else saying Get rid of all car parking too On-road on car parking Um. Some galoot from God knows where, but you know, apparently, apparently, you know that will that'll give us so much more road capacity that, that that'll be wonderful. But again, it'll be all all about just everybody keeps driving, driving, driving. Speaking of which, talk
1: of Transurban's making big money. It just announced it's announced a loss, but only because of the Queensland over. Think oh, right,
4: program okay, it took yeah, over, but yeah,
1: but yeah. it still it still gave out this huge package, yeah, it, yeah, dividend yeah, to its yeah, shareholders. Yeah, yeah. But uh, even a bloke John Beveridge in the Herald Sun of all places yeah. um, ran down the proposal to build the 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 extra well one the currently the extension itself of city link anyway but also mm. the new proposal they've got in the west for roads etc the western, et cetera. Dis- the western, western distributor, distributor it's called, it's called yeah. and he he goes on about how it's good for the government they can be seen to be doing yep. something etc but he says for transurban the benefits are simply stellar adding up to 15 years to its overall city link concession agreement which is worth multiple billions plus tolling on the new road that would also fortuitously feed more traffic down city link and he says um, the soon-to-begin widening of city link between the that one with the one billion cost for transurban relief by a rise in truck tolls. Truck tolls, a one-year extension of the entire toll road concession, and an extra year of increasing tolls by the greater of four and a half percent or the CPI. So, you know, again, mm. we're we're seeing public infrastructure providing massive profits for a private company.
3: Yeah, yeah, and they, certainly, if you if you had held. Of- of transurban shares you wouldn't want to you wouldn 't get rid of those they um, they they're a, um, a print, print,
1: yeah. print, print print money well i won 't read on, but on August twenty this is sometime after that article in the herald sun just mm. a headline mm. i 'll just read mm. the headline mm. tolls will be tills taxpayers set to fork out billions um mm. so again mm. you know mm. just
5: mm. Mm.
3: yeah well it 's the sort of mess you get into with these with these public private partnership things where you where you think you you you're getting just getting a bit of infrastructure built easily and cheaply mm-hmm. by the private sector but then you you start getting entangled and and you don't know in the end the, you don't you know ordinary voters have no idea in the end how much tax revenue is being um, is being lost to keep transurban afloat f- mm. in the manner to which they become accustomed and it's starting to sound like it's many many billions and of course, you know, nobody ever knows really what the situation is. It's um, it's just um, private, a big private enterprise on the public um, drip. And, and, and it's more than a drip, it's more like a flood of, um, you know, flood of grain chermitage. And proposing more roads all the time rather than alternatives. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, because that's, that's what they're on about. And of course, governments like the Andrews government were so keen to take it up because... Um, it looks so easy compared with actual actual uh, designing a policy on transport. Yeah. Which of course you know, we just don't have and certainly not on public transport. They have no idea what what the plan is for fifty years. Well, they have no idea what the plan is for Melbourne for fifty years, let alone mm. let alone providing it with um with um you know, all the services that are required. And while we've
1: got a federal government that says it has absolutely no responsibility for mm. providing any urban public mm. transport, mm. Hockey has announced that he's considering putting up money for the Adani yes. Galileo yes. Abbott Point yes. rail line yes. for their coal rail line for a private company.
3: Can I say about the Adani thing? If Adani wanted wanted a cheap coal mine, they could go and buy one in the Hunter Valley for a tenth of what they're going to spend building that thing. And they could get their coal at a price they could possibly afford. Mm. So that means the whole, the whole, um, the whole Adani mine in you know Western Queensland. It's just, it's just a burn doggle.
2: Mm. Uh,
3: well, uh, hopefully uh, it won't go ahead. But, no, it's, but, 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 but hockey but yeah. seems keen to burn it all the way. Well, to
1: provide money for the railway yeah, line for a private yeah, company, yeah. but he won't put any into public. No, well, if
3: you wanted to build, if the, if they wanted to put money into a. a Railway line in the country that might be some use to you know rural Australia. They would, they would be starting to build the inland railway from Melbourne to Brisbane, which has been planned over the last fifteen years, up through west, you know, up through Dubbo and Parks. Mm. And, mm, that'd um, be great if they got onto and that. And Griffith and you know that's that's actually a bit of infrastructure that's needed. And they, and if you if you're on about stimulating the economy. Just as good to spend the, spend federal money on on that as on this this boondoggle of an Adani um, coal railway. So just on, the, I don't get that. I don't. Those just don't get that in Canberra.
0: Mm. On that note, we have to say goodbye.
1: Goodbye. <laughs> next goodbye. week. Next week. It's in, what an energy stuff, isn't it? Oh mm-hmm. we gonna, I know we've got one guest already lined up. We've got um, Dave Sweeney.
3: Ah, um, excellent.
1: Talking about uranium and that oh, – um, Including that recent series on uranium that was on SBS that people might have seen, a three-part series. but So well, that's one of – and uh, MacArthur River's coming to the news. I know Dave's interested in that. It's a separate development, but mm. um, it's also caused massive problems and we, I'm sure we can talk about that next week as well.
0: So you're listening to City Limits on 3CR 855 AM.
3: Thanks, John. Thank you. Yes, th-
0: that was John McPherson.
3: And thank Corey for all the work she did today, John. Yeah, thanks, Corey, particularly for going up to Bendigo and, <laughs> and stirring up the locals. Burning <laughs> flags. <laughs>
0: awesome. Um, we're going to go to a track. This is Bob Marley and the Whalers We'd Stop That Train. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia, on the Kulin Nation. For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to www. Dot three cr dot org dot au.